Okay, here we go. This week's episode is with Melissa Rotano. It's a really, really special episode. Very powerful. I know you guys are going to enjoy this one. Before we dive into that, though, I got to let you guys know, big news. We got a new website. Be sure to check out bombhole.com. Fully redesigned website. We're going to be posting more content, more videos, more things like that on there. And we got all of our fall stuff rolling in. So new hoodies, a bunch of new t-shirts, all that stuff is available at bombhole.com and it really helps us do the show. So thank you if you bought any merch. There's also a link to our Patreon on there. So be sure to bookmark bombhole.com. And with that being said, let's get into the Melissa episode. Here we go. You are listening to the Bombhole. Bombhole Podcast. It's going to be very hot. It's going to be very uncomfortable for everybody. <laughs> the Bombhole. Gonna slide down in big hills, you know what I mean? On a big, nice burgundy snowboard. All right, here we go. Another beautiful day in the booth here at the Bomb Hole, which is presented by Pub Beer and Liquid Death. Huh, buds? It is. Now I have a question for you, Stony Buds, and that, that question is: How are you doing? So good, my dog. Always love hearing that. <laughs> to my left, we have Melissa Rotano. Melissa, what's happening? You know, just. I'm here. I'm stoked. <laughs> Happy to be here. Happy well, to be here. We just found out before we started recording. I'm just going to give a brief intro. Melissa is a ripping snowboarder and an absolutely ripping human, and we are so happy to have you. Now, um, before we, we kind of dive in, she, she kind of mentioned she hasn't ever cracked a fresh smelling salt, so we're going to crack ah. and run through a wall God and kind of hit the ground running. So just give that thing a squeeze and a whiff. I just squeeze it? Just, yeah, squeeze the middle of it, and it'll turn red. There it is. Now Snap, give it a crackle pop. Oh, oh <laughs> she went in on it. She oh went in on it. <laughs> oh, it's so much worse than I thought it was going to be. Oh, that and by worse? That mean, one's got some onion. <laughs> my eyes are watering. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, wow, right? We need, we need a little fiber? Maybe wow. <laughs> yeah, your eyes are definitely watering. Holy shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't think it was going to be that bad. Ooh, that was a strong one. Yeah. All right, Melissa. Well, let's get right into it. Huh? Yeah, let's go. A double doser yeah, right that there. Was a double, <laughs> yeah, dude. they packed a little extra vinegar in that one. I like that. One. I don't think I was awake, but that definitely did I'm it. Awake now, now we're good. We're good. Ready, ready to uh, literally run through a wall. If yeah. the, you know, if you need to get up and uh, you know run through Just some don't sheet run rock. through the one behind you. <laughs> yeah. That's the booth. That, yeah, you're gonna want to run through something over there. Be sick, actually. The glass human hole through the booth. So you uh, you ended up that would be amazing. Imagine just like a <laughs> Melissa Rotano yeah. body outline, just that it. silhouette when she ran through. Oh the wall. my god, that's your new decoration. Be sick. You're welcome. Give, give, <laughs> thank you. So you grew up uh, from Montana, right? You're originally a Montana OG. I am. I grew up in Montana. Um, I think most people I meet think I grew up in Colorado because I lived there for a short time. But it was a really great place to grow up. Mountains were close enough, like. Not in a city, which was great. Um, not a lot of population in Montana, correct? Not a lot of population, especially like where I lived. Um, we were outside of the main city. I was in East Helena. There's, what's, um, what's the main city up there? Um, I guess where I close to where I grew up was Helena, but okay. the actual like city there was probably like Bozeman or Missoula, mm. which I think still they have a population under a hundred thousand, or at least when I was growing up. That's like Park City. So one thing that I think is kind of cool, you know, if, if you look take snowboarding and, and the demographic of most people that, that do snowboard, they're usually from wealthy families and, and whatnot. And I know that you kind of grew up in a, 
in kind of a more lower income upbringing, correct? Yeah, that's um, that's correct. Um, uh, East Helena was kind of like the lower income area. Um, we grew up in a, an apartment that cost $100 a month. That's like all we could kind of do at the moment. Um, but it was kind of great because it lo- allowed my parents to save up to actually get us into a home eventually. And I do, I still do remember moving into that place. It was on a dirt road at the time and um, it was painted this disgusting bluish teal color. Um, we had it, it was definitely a fixer upper, but it was cool to like still have those memories of this crappy like apartment area like things were pretty falling apart and being able to move into a house which was, was really cool and I by that time I think um, we were on welfare like food stamps for a while when I was growing up and then got off of those my parents just absolutely crushed it and just hammered through it I don't know how they did that honestly with two kids and your parents were pretty young when they had you right yeah they were super young my mom was 21 when she had me and I think nine. 19 or 20 when she had my sister. Um, definitely young parents. And I think my dad was just a few years older than her. So I don't know how they got through yeah. that. I can't imagine having kids that young. In a $100 a month apartment. Woo. Yeah. It's always comforting, too, knowing, like, you're, you know, Parents don't know what the hell they're doing. No. Like, you know, you, we th- I think of my parents like they're some, you know, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, you, know? you think when you're a kid, they know everything. Yeah. But then you find out. And you think, when I was 19, if I was going to have kids, I would definitely <laughs> yeah. be a fucking disaster. Oh, my yeah, God. I crazy. can't even imagine, honestly. Like, I really can't. Like, having two kids in school now, like, my parents were definitely, like, superheroes, especially my mom. I'm just like, you're a boss. I could not have, I can't even picture it. So where, uh, how did you get into snowboarding up in Montana? Um, I started, I think when I was in seventh or eighth grade was the first time I went. Um, my cousin did it and I really looked up to her. I thought she was just one of the coolest people. She was kind of like mine and my sister's older sister in a way. Like she was always around, like taking us like to do fun things, taking us to the park. Um, so she did, she snowboarded with all of her friends and I thought it was super cool and I wanted to be like her, so that's kind of why I picked up a snowboard for the first time. Mm-hmm. Now, talking to uh, Chris Beresford, your significant other, it sounds a lot like you kind of had, uh, you know, once you, you got a taste, like you kind of had a, a insatiable drive to, to try to make it happen. I know, like, trying to go to High Cascade and, and move out of Montana, you worked really hard to to kind of build up that drive and, and save some money and, and do those type of things, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. It was kind of once I started learning how to actually not fall on my face and make it down the mountain, I just like couldn't imagine my life without it. So I, my main goal was just snowboard, snowboard, snowboard. I didn't really think of anything else anymore. I just, all the money I saved was like going around to local mountains and just doing contests for fun. I didn't really have a goal or a plan in mind. I just knew that I loved it. I went to High Cascade one year. Um, I literally just hustled chocolate chip cookies to my teachers or did like anything I could to make it happen and I remember it was like $500 short and my grandpa knew how much I loved it and wanted to go so he like footed the extra $500 and I was just like no way I can actually go to camp like this is so sick I definitely worked my butt off to make it happen and how old are you when, when you went to high cascade um I think it was 16 I think maybe my sophomore year of high school I feel like that's a lot of times like a pivotal moment for people where they're they're like they see the, you know, you look through snowboarding through your small little lens of your local hill, and then you go to High Cascade and it kind of blows the ceiling yeah. off of everything. Opens. It, oh, does that have that effect up. for you at all? Oh, totally. I'm like I'd never seen a pro snowboarder until that point. Like, 
nobody is snowboarding in Montana, really. Like, people are, but they're not at the resorts, necessarily. They're, like, in Cook City, snowmobiling or building jumps. But, like, I hadn't really seen – I didn't even know who most snowboarders were because I'm like, oh, I'm just here. And, like, there was one local shop where you could get videos, but there wasn't, like, really the culture established. So you didn't have, like – didn't really know who was who we just kind of did it and it was really fun and had videos that we'd watch like on repeat over and over (laughs) yeah that's sick it sounds killer now at what point did you kind of say all right I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up and and move on from Montana and and pursue uh, I believe your next your next phase of your kind of snowboard path um I was a junior in high school and I just really wanted to keep doing it. I'd already kept missing so many days of school up until then. I almost got kicked out of school my junior year because they're like, I had pretty much straight A's. I was a freak. I don't know why I did that, but I just missed too many days because I would just take off for snowboarding. It would be good. So I just left. (laughs) But um, my junior year is really a pivotal, like I realized you could graduate high school early. So I had to write letters to my teachers, write letters to like the school board and get a letter from my parents and it was like a whole thing, but I made it so I could graduate halfway, halfway through my senior year so I could just snowboard. And from there, I kind of, I really had friends living in Tahoe and friends living in Colorado. So 18-year-old me and my $250 car <laughs> took off to Colorado. And I stayed with one of my friends for a couple of weeks in Steamboat. One of my best friends, Mariah, um, stayed with her and then snowboarded that year in Tahoe they had like the double whammy pass at the time so it was like you could board North Lake and South Lake was 200 bucks and yeah I just kind of went on my own journey at 18 just took off because I'm like I need to I need to get out of here now I have a question in regards to that who is Jimity oh I did just say his name <laughs> Jimity Cricket <laughs> no, you um, did, no you didn't say his name oh you didn't, I didn't you, you didn't know, I, I did. have just have a side oh, note it's the saga no, of yeah, Jimity yeah, oh my we god need to, we, the people need to know who Jimity is Jiminy or Jiminy Crickets is his full name. He was my first car I ever bought. It was a, I think it's a 93 Subaru Impreza Sport, like kind of one of those little green beans. Um, I bought it off my friend for two, 250 bucks. They're like, this thing is probably just going to shit the bed. I can't even believe I'm selling you this. He's like, the transmission's blown. You need to do the transmission. And I'm like, oh, that's fine. I got it. I'm like, I just want a Subaru. I love it. And bought it, um, fixed the transmission, and it gave me no issue pretty much for nine years. It was insane. But people started knowing my car more than me. That thing was like a rust bucket. It had a, like a dent in every corner, and I loved <laughs> the shit out of it. Um, I couldn't believe it lasted that long. Like Perfect nine, first car. Huh? Yeah. yeah, perfect first car. I took it everywhere, too. I went to like Hood a few times. I went to California. I went to Colorado. Like Definitely places now that I'm like, Jesus Christ, that was insane. I'm like, $250 car. I'm like, what was I thinking? I look at like, now I'm like, oh, I have my oil change. Like, this yeah. is okay. Like, okay, I'm good. Let's go. Now, then I'm like, I don't, I don't think I need an oil change. No, it's running like probably two or 3,000 miles over. It's amazing. So, and you were, you worked at a bunch of restaurants and stuff to save up before you moved out, right? Yeah. So when I was graduating early, I was still working 30 hours a week at a restaurant. It was, um, I can't remember if I was waiting tables at that point or if I was, no, I was busing still because I wasn't 18 yet. So I was just busing tables, working every single night, doing double duty with school, like 
to like doubled up on all my classes just to graduate early. So I don't like there's those moments that you look back and you're like, how did I do that? Mm -hmm. Well, that's cool. Also coming from your upbringing, you know, just like working, working really, really hard to, to get out and, and to, you know, nobody's really given you any opportunities. You're kind of making your own opportunities. I love that kind of storyline of, of, you know, working hard and, and just chasing the dream, you know, it's killer. How much money was in your pocket when you bounced? Um, not enough, almost <laughs> not enough, but I think I want to say I had like maybe eight or 10 grand saved up oh, by the did? time I left. Yeah, I did pretty good. Wow. I came home with $17 though, which oh. was terrifying. Like at that point I had got myself a credit card, like a fake graduated card, only had 300 bucks. Like it was my emer actual emergency thing, but I remember driving home and just like putting my debit card in like the gas pump. I'm like, please, please don't reach out. Please get me home. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but before you left home at 18, you had that much money. Yeah, I worked my ass off. Like that was all me. Jeez. Like I worked at a restaurant. Like I worked very, very hard. I did the same thing, but I think I only had like fifteen hundred dollars. Moved out west. Oh, with that's it. so much money when you're yeah, in so much money. I didn't spend a dime. I don't know. I'm like my lifestyle you is so rich. different. Now. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's so important though, too, because you look, you look at, and and I hate to use this term, but but when I when I'm looking at like a lot of kids, you see a kid in a brand new freaking like I saw a kid in a brand new BMW the other day. It's oh like yeah, sixteen years old. You know, and I'm like that kid. Buy that. Kid's fucking yeah. doomed. Like he. What do you learn from that? You learn that you are basically like everything's gonna be handed to you the rest of your life, and then inversely, like you're really kind of setting that kid back. I yeah. think. And then when you when you grow up, not just with your circumstances, you learn that value of a dollar at a young age, and that seems like so important. And and then look, you you carry that work ethic you know, through and, and you can, it keeps that fire burning in you if you had to work for it as opposed to if it's handed to you. you totally. Know? I just bought my first, I bought a brand new car this year and I like, again, I've been working my butt off where I saved and I'm like, God, it was such a good feeling. I was like laughing, crying, driving off a lot. I'm like, oh my God, I have a new car. Brand new cars. Brand new. Yeah. I've never, I just, I don't know. It was a goal that I really wanted to achieve. Not that it's like the most important thing, but it was just a goal that yeah. I wanted to no achieve. No worries with a brand new car. Yeah. yeah. Dude, and that thing's sick. You should be proud of yourself. That's awesome. I, yeah, I feel really proud. That's awesome. Well, I know that sometime around that area, you kind of um, experienced some type of trauma, you know, I think when you're maybe in, at the end of your high school years or anything. Do you want to elaborate on any of that stuff? Yeah. Um, I kind of debated if I would share this or not, but... <clears throat> I think hearing Jess on her bombhole be so open and honest with everything um, really kind of inspired me to reach this point, I guess. Um, so when I was younger, um, I was sexually abused as a child, and that was really hard to get over. For I mean, I don't think it's not something you get over, but something that I've lived through and had to deal with growing up. Um, it definitely shaped a lot of who I am today, like in negative ways and positive ways. I think when you go through something that traumatic, it's, I guess it's hard to put into words, like to describe like what you feel. Like I know there's a lot of people out there also. I know I'm not alone of people who have experienced this. Um, I read a statistic the other day that it's like one in four women have experienced this and one in six men. So I know it's not something like 
completely that's happened to women exactly but I haven't told too many people in my life because I just don't want them to like feel bad or like I that's the last thing I wanted why I haven't shared it I'm like I don't want people to feel bad for me that it happened or like I don't want people to like blame themselves and um more recently I started opening up to people close to me about it and I realized how healing that is it's really like brought me closer to them when I was just afraid it was going to make them think I was just not lovable I guess it's like the best way to put it no they I have to take the second to acknowledge you and um your vulnerability for this because you know it's so it's so important for your words what you're saying right now there's probably somebody listening that has in your shoes and to be able to share your experiences is, is so powerful well and they're they're going through it yeah probably, going through know, it like yeah currently yeah and it it fucking sucks it's like when you like start to really dive in and realize what happened and how that has affected you on such a deep deep level and a few people that I've like I was like originally when you asked me to be on the bomb hole I kind of just like I'm just like I can't do this I'm like this is a story that like I really want to tell but it's honestly terrifying because you're like are people going to look at me different like are like what are people going to think if they know this secret about me and it's something I've been holding on to so tightly and I think it's really like held me back from getting relationships closer with people but the more people I listen to on podcast, um, I listen to Lo- Lewis Howes. I think I'm totally blanking his name right now. <laughs> Lewis Howes. Um, pod- school, school of Greatness. Yeah, the School of Greatness. Yeah. Um, I don't know how I stumbled upon that podcast last year, but he talked about and opened up about his sexual abuse experience, and that was something that really helped me like, kind of sift through everything that I was actually feeling with this. Um, it's hard to know everything you're feeling. I remember being angry for so long that it happened. And I I eventually, I mean, you have to let go of that anger. Otherwise it just tears you apart. Like there was one quote I kept going back to, like when I was getting through this, it's um, a quote by Buddha. It says, holding on to a hot coal, like anger is like holding on to a hot coal. You're the only one who gets burned. And I was realizing how much anger I was harboring over this. So I learned to like forgive myself for what had happened and forgive the person that did this because they're never going to say sorry. That's not what I need. That's not what anybody needs in that situation. You just, forgiveness is for yourself in that moment and not for that other person. And I think people, when they go through that at first, they think it's like something that they did or it's their fault or you start to blame yourself, you get mad, and you don't know how to react, and you're talking about it's the best thing, I imagine, to get it out, you know, let it out. It totally is. It's and definitely... people are only going to think you're stronger, you know? <laughs> I don't know. I, we'll, we'll see. But and you been, went through it, you yeah. survived it, you're an awesome person, and, you know, it's your journey, it's what happened, and you just have to... It's life. Life is yeah. messy. It's messy. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> what it's it like is. The yeah. best way to put it. Like, mm-hmm. life is hard, and sometimes life fucking sucks. And that is so real. It's so real. Like, that has led me to moments where I just didn't want to be alive anymore. And I know there's a lot of people close to us that have experienced that. It's not a place that's 
good to be. It's not a good place. Mm-hmm. You just, you don't want to feel anything anymore. And you're just like, I just want this to be done. Like I want everything to be done. Well, also I, I do really have to like, you know, acknowledge the, the way, it, how do I put this? Like it, it, the easy thing to do is to bury it in the corner and pretend it doesn't exist mm-hmm. and just kind of numb yourself out via booze, via drinking, via distraction, whatever. But it takes so much courage to say, okay, this thing fucking scares the shit out of me. I'm going to take a look at this. And, and you know, what you just said, you know, I keep going back to um, did, did AA and, and they have a thing in there called the St. Saint, Saint Francis Prayer. It's pretty long, but one of the, the lines in it is, to forgive is to be forgiven, which I always found to be a really good. And it's like you think when you're holding on to resentments, like holding on to that anger, it's it's the easier thing to do. But that's that's really powerful stuff to, you know, um, like that that quote about the the coal, how you're only burning yourself. I love that. That definitely helped me, like, kind of get through a lot of anger because <laughs> I know whoever has experienced that, you feel a lot of anger. And I didn't want to admit it was anger at first, for sure. Because I'm like, I'm a happy person, which I am a happy person. But I like when I started admitting, I was feeling like anger and resentment and like all these negative feelings that are hard to admit about yourself. It's not it's not the fun things to be like, be like, oh, yeah, I have a lot to work on and that's okay, Mm -hmm. And I have a lot to go through and that's also okay. Mm -hmm. Some people it happens and they black it out. Yeah, and they don't realize it till later. We had Jason Ellis it's on this book behind me. Went through a trauma in his youth and didn't figure it out until I think his thirties. He was like on LSD and had a hallucin. Well, the first time he was on LSD and had a hallucination, and uh, like saw a person, and they told him he was abused as a child. And then he went and dug further, and then through ayahuasca, he really got the full story out. Confronted the person, and but he fully blacked it out and buried it as deep as you can bury it and wouldn't have even known unless he had had that journey with with uh, those drugs but it, it's crazy and i'm glad you didn't black it out at least i tried for yeah, a I while mean, you probably tried but it's that's probably the worst thing to oh, do yeah it just eats at you i like when i was younger i definitely tried to like because i didn't like this happened when i was really young and i didn't realize this had happened until like you started learning about stuff like yeah like you're like and then i'm like oh wait like oh, shit, like, this happened, you're like, this is really wrong, what happened, and you're like, oh, my God, like, I feel awful, like, I feel so awful, so I started, like, I realized you could get high off of stuff you could find in your medicine cabinet, like, I remember I drank half a bottle of cough syrup before I went to school, and it literally, like, I threw up in class, but I, like, definitely numbed me out, so I kept sticking to stuff like that, like, could, like, just make me numb I would drink a lot and I would smoke weed and this is this is kind of before I really fell in love with snowboarding like this is like I was a gymnast for years I quit doing gymnastics and just kind of fell into like a black hole which like was easy where I was growing up like kids parents were not good influences on their kids like the parents had meth around and like it was just not a good situation like drugs were accessible drugs were easily accessible and that was 15 I think 14 yeah it's wild to think about it's like that's just not normal to grow up in and that was just normal for us and that's it would have been so easy to go down that rabbit it's probably the more natural rabbit hole for your environment would have been to go that way 
you know, but another thing that's kind of trips me out too is like, you know, I look at you and you just appear to be that you, you're just, you're such a happy person, you know, you, you are. And like from my, and you never know what somebody's going through. You never know, like, you know, and even like, you know, take Jaeger or things like that, or take social media, take social media. You look at this facade of people's lives where everything, everybody looks like their life is so great and everybody's doing so great and everything's awesome, but you never know what somebody's going through. So it's so, it's so important. What you're doing is like opening up and sharing and talking about the real shit that people, you know, nobody cares. The The facade is the facade, but like everybody struggles, you know, and it's, it's super important to, to like, I'm proud of you for talking about this stuff unless it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Thanks. No, I was like, definitely, I'm still like even shaking a little. I'm just like, Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> Did you uh, try to ask anyone for help in the time? Um, I barely talked to people about it for a really long time. Um, barely like I my parents didn't know, like nobody knew in my life. Is this like a teacher or something, if you don't mind me asking? Um, it was an old babysitter, like when I was, I was really young. Yeah, that's yeah. horrible. But yeah, no, I didn't, like, first of all, like in those kind of situations, like when you have somebody acting like that, they're a complete predator. Like they're not like forcing you to do anything necessarily, but it's a manipulation tactic that they use it's somebody you trust somebody you know somebody you've been around so they gain your trust and that's kind of the way that something like that happens they're playing mental warfare huh no they totally are and i think it's taken me a long time to like realize that it wasn't anything that i did wrong of course not at all yeah you were the innocent person yeah and anybody else who's gone through this like it's nothing that you did it's just that person is sick like it's not you like you didn't do anything to provoke this or, and that's like been a hard pill to swallow. I think being like, it wasn't my fault that it happened and it's not anybody's fault. This happens to at all. Like not even close. I wish I reached out for help sooner. Cause that probably would have saved me a lot of heartache. Like when I first realized it happened, I reached out to a couple people, but I just didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want it. It would be real. Yeah. And also, like, for some reason, I didn't want to get them in trouble. I'm just like, that's so stupid to think back on. Mm -hmm. I think that's a normal thought, too. I think it's totally normal because, like, what that does to, like, your psyche, it just kind of makes you feel like you don't have self-worth or you don't have – it makes you feel worthless, basically, (laughs) like somebody's taking something from you. You can't get back. But I know now that it's not the end of the world and it doesn't define me as a person. Like, I'm thriving now and I don't know where this other person is. And I know they can't feel good about themselves. There's no way. There's no way. Or they're just a complete loony tune and they feel fine, which is also don't care. I'm sure karma came around to them, you know? Yeah. Well, one thing I I do have to ask because I think – you know, you look at, you become just a phenomenal snowboarder. And I, I got to ask, did you use snowboarding as a form of escapism? Was that your kind of escape from reality in some ways? Or Totally. Yeah, I could, um, definitely was a thing I used to escape. Like I would, like, I w- especially when I was younger, I wasn't afraid of getting hurt. Like it would just kind of, could take all my anger and frustration out and like kind of hone it into things. 
and just be extremely focused on something because that was the only thing I was thinking of at that point now like all those bad feelings kind of went like subsided a little so it was kind of my escape especially when I was just riding the mountain like I, the mountain I grew up at like had a really crappy park but the mountain was really fun I was like more into riding that as a kid and not necessarily the park but that was definitely a huge escape it was just it felt quiet finally it's awesome to, to you know, you got to figure out ways to fucking survive, right, as humans and work through trauma. And it's kind of a beautiful thing that you have this this snowboarding that you can, is so perfect to take all this angst and this energy and, and put it towards something uh, for fucking, it can be for survival purposes. You know what I mean? Like, you need it to... Uh, to not crumble and turn to drugs. Yeah, it could know? have been drugs. It's a much healthier yeah. drug. Snowboarding. Right? Exactly. Yeah. That's awesome to hear that you're able to to channel that into that. And, and um, that makes me happy to hear. And, and fucking snowboarding can be therapy, basically. It, you know? it definitely can be. It's like, not to say that I'm fully over my trauma. I'm still, like, working through it. Like, I don't want to give anybody false hope. I don't think it's something you'll ever be through. But finding outlets that are healthy. Like, I do... Um, I try and do as much yoga as possible. Now I meditate almost every day, even if that's just for two minutes. Like, that's all. Like, sometimes that's all the capacity to do. But snowboarding was probably the key to, like, really healing. Mm -hmm. Now, on your journey, I've been told by some of your friends that you uh, are a pretty avid reader. And you've looked into... I fucking love the, like whatever call it self-help category <laughs> whatever but do you have any any good uh reading recommendations of uh just books you've enjoyed yeah i i do love reading um i think probably one of my favorite books that i read was called the confidence gap because i realized i didn't have any confidence <laughs> growing up at all like i had no confidence um but it kind of changed my way of thinking to being like oh it's okay to think negative thoughts and like it's normal like doesn't mean you're not a positive person or it means you're not doing things right if you're thinking negatively it's normal so that book is huge like is so so great to read especially if you're struggling with any situation or trauma like this or just like really can't figure out how to get to the next level I think that was a really good book the confidence gap. Yeah, I have to check that out. I think that's we're all trying to figure it out. So yeah. any, any like, <laughs> yeah. I think that's that's why I listen to podcasts. I'm like, maybe this person can teach me something. And I'm trying to figure this shit out myself. You know, everyone is right. So <laughs> it's stumbling you know, around. And and then also you mentioned the podcast that you helped you out, Lewis Howe. He's got some. I've yeah. listened to a bunch of his stuff. He's he's got some good guests. And yeah, I really I really love his podcast. The School of Greatness is really really great. Um, especially if anybody's interested in listening to that episode where he opens up about his sexual trauma and abuse like anybody struggling through that I think should definitely definitely listen to that especially men because uh, it's probably like it's I can't it's probably harder for men in some senses like it almost feels like it's taking away some of your masculinity mm-hmm. like that would be insanely hard too so hearing it from a man's perspective being a guy like is super I think probably helpful too that's killer. makes sense. Do you? There's going to be a lot of listeners that are probably going through this. Do you have any advice for them? Be compassionate to yourself. Um, we're all really hard on ourselves, all of us, especially that are in this action sports world. 
we want to do our best at all times and to be soft with yourself and tell yourself that it's okay to make mistakes. That's the best thing you can do. Like, don't rush the process of healing. It's going to happen. It's going to be not fun at times. It's going to probably reopen the wound again. Um, But you're going to be filled with so much love after. Like, talk to people close to you that you trust first. Like, I'm not recommending, like, talking to everybody. Like, you don't have to share it with the whole world. Like, but that was just my choice. I knew it would help me process this more. The more I open up, kind of helps me connect with people more because I feel like I've always been guarded and I'm sick of it. So mm-hmm. yeah, time for something different. Huh? Yeah, it's, how do you? Well, and you started with just your tight friends, right? Yeah, I started yeah, and your just, loved ones. Yeah, so. exactly, loved ones, yeah. close friends, and I don't know. I just felt like it was time. It was I. I don't know if I hope this would help somebody. Well, it's important. Yeah, you could be helping someone that's you know ready. They're at a point where they're ready to turn to suicide and not get through it. You know, you could be that that voice that helps them through it, and that's a great thing. I I hope anybody listening that's going through this, I hope it helps because it hurts. Yeah. But it's okay. And it's got to be talked about. Another thing that you just mentioned, too, is, is um, you know, I think it's two the two things that you just highlighted there, the the be kind to yourself. That's really that's really uh, powerful stuff. You know, you see it a lot in um, in sobriety when people are trying to get off of drugs. They they quit for two days and go back out, and they're like, "I'm such a fucking idiot. I'm so stupid." Why that? Like, we're so hard on the like the way we speak to ourselves. We would never fucking speak to another human that way. We would never be that mean to. It would be the meanest. You'd be the meanest son of a bitch on planet Earth. The shit you say to yourself, and it's like just be fucking mindful. I love that. That's a great. I needed to hear that. Thank you. And then the the other side of that too. I you know if you really look at just like. If you, I'm gonna get, fu- I'm gonna go fucking deep. I'm gonna go deep here, We're like on a Let's different level. <laughs> but if you look at the way society's set up right now, right, <clears throat> it is built on comfort right like we're let's make everything as convenient as possible we'll have uber eats we'll have our cozy heater in our house we'll fucking make everything as 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 comfortable as possible and and if you really look like in in a lot of the the fucking self-help shit i read all the time because i'm doing the same thing you know (laughs) um it's so much of it the the common theme is all of the growth comes from being uncomfortable the and the the enemy is the comfort zone you know so it's like be at the gym like you can fucking you struggle and then you get strong from discomfort be it snowboarding you can stay in your comfort zone and you can do a back three or you can be like fuck i'm gonna try to scare the shit out of myself and do a back seven or whatever that trick may be for you and um and be it with you can apply the same exact thing to personal growth personal development working through trauma like it's 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 more comfortable to just say oh this trauma is going to be in the corner here and i'm just going to fucking watch tv or you can say fuck, I'm going to stare this goddamn demon in the face and I'm going to try to like, you know, I'm going to get re- like, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to, de- you know, and I, I love those, that narrative that I'm just trying to highlight kind of what you said there. But, you know, in our society, we need to, we need to like lean into the, like making a pattern of being uncomfortable is, is a great uh, narrative, I think too, you know. I 100% agree. Like I try and make myself uncomfortable once a day. <laughs> like It's great like, advice talk to somebody you're nervous to talk to like even talk to a stranger like that's a good way to break out of your comfort zone being like like hey like this is what I do a lot like I see a like somebody at a coffee shop like 
I'm getting my coffee order from if it's a girl I'm like oh my god I like your earrings like but it's something genuine being like I genuinely think her earrings are cute so I'm just gonna say it or just like something like that and that's uncomfortable for me but it opens up such a good dialogue yeah, it makes their day too that's, yeah it does yeah. buds is a master I do that all the time buds is a man <laughs> that's I love that. a, he's a black belt so happy yeah. yeah buds you go to 7-eleven he's chatting with the the guy that's having a he looks like he's on a bit of a bad uh-huh. string of bad bad luck buds is out there chatting with them always yeah. that's so rad helps them to talk about it and they always get so hyped after yeah it's, just it's nice to make people feel good you know being a human, honestly, yeah. it's like that's what it comes down to. It's like mm-hmm. I think we forgot about our humanity sometimes. Like we just see each other. Like even when you're driving, you're just like behind this person. You're like, wow, you're driving so slow, and you're just like, driving's kind of ca- a special spot, though. <laughs> <laughs> Throw all the self help books yeah. out the window. Oh my get, god, you don't really get to see people. You know, like, so it's a little it. different. <laughs> I know, like, but you're like just picture like this stupid car, and you're like yeah. forget that there's a person in that car exactly. controlling it. But still, like that one, that one is a different situation entirely. Mm-hmm. It's when those people, like, you see someone not open the door for someone at the when you're walking in a store or something. Yeah. Or just look, don't even look at people mm-hmm. walking just, through the street. It's, you know, it's like people need to say what's mm-hmm. up to other people and yeah, like, just be nice. Be a human. Yeah, be a human, <laughs> exactly. That's what everybody said, too, talking about you. They're like, just like, Melissa is just so genuinely just a good person. And that's fucking, that's just a good, it's a good trait, no, you know? A great trait. I, I love that. I love my friends. <laughs> Another thing too, I just thought back on like a, a thing that happens to me, like I'll go to like, you know, like Leah, you know, she'll, she'll do this like sound healing or yoga or something. I'll go to one of her classes and be feeling like a Zen fucking dogger, dude. <laughs> I am fucking zen out. And then I go outside, I get in my truck and like immediately I'm like, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Life would be so much better if you didn't have to drive anywhere. Jesus. Utah. Like, all, everything out the window. Everything out the window. Back. Drive in the right lane. This is a PSA. Drive in the right lane. <laughs> they don't do that here. Oh, my God. All right. We're going to talk to you guys about Topro lifts. They kick ass. I'm currently in the process of getting one for my cabin. Um, we've struggled with DIY rope toes forever. And finally... Somebody's making a production rope toe that you can put in your backyard. They're called Toe Pro Lifts. You can find them at toepro-lifts.com. And th- these things are killer. You can hook it up to a generator or to sure power if you have that. And it, ta- it hauls three to five people. It's a game changer for backyard boarding. And especially with, you know, the lifts are pre- or the, the resorts are pretty crowded these days. You know, if you, if, you want, if you dream of having that backyard park, definitely get yourself a toe pro lift these things kick ass we rode it over at bjorn's this year to test it out and it was incredible full-blown game changer their instagram is at toe pro lifts and if you use promo code bombhole if you're thinking about buying one of these you'll get five percent off so again topro-lifts.com use promo code bombhole and it will be a game changer for the backyard boarding you get so many more laps you're going to get so much better learn way more tricks Make sure you pick up one of these bad Larrys if you're trying to make your dream backyard a reality. The bad Larrys, dude. Bjorn's setup when we went there, that was awesome, man. I was shooting photos, watching everyone use that thing. It looks so fast, too. Yeah, you're freaking back up to the top of the hill as soon as you Yeah, instead of watching people hike back up and take all that time, it's just mass productivity. More time snowboarding, less time hiking. So let's uh, let's start, lean back into some snowboard talk. So how how did, I'm curious personally to know how how did you get your foot in the door with sponsors and and how did you kind of climb that ladder per se? 
I feel like that's just a saga. Um, I had no clue. Like, growing up in Montana, um, there was no kind of industry, like, set industry there. There was local shops. Um, that was probably, like, my first, like, first chance, I guess. Like, the local shop, they only sponsored one girl. And there was one girl that was graduating high school, and she was moving on and moving out of town. So they're like, oh, we need a new girl on the team. And there was probably, like, three girls that were snowboarding at our home mountain. So they picked me, and I was thrilled. I was so thrilled. Um, But, I mean, that didn't really lead to anything. Uh, I'd say, like, my first really getting my foot in the door, like, I had sent a lot of emails. I will definitely – this is before iPhones, so you didn't really have a good way to get footage of yourself. So I would probably – I think I emailed Rome the first time being like, hey, uh, will you sponsor me? Here are some photos. Um, I don't have a video, though. That'll come later. Um, definitely failed. I sent that, a lot of How did that go? Any, any – uh, Oh, ghosted. You, just, like, <laughs> you got the email off the website? Or? I don't even know. <laughs> you don't even know where you got it? No. But you didn't know anybody. You no, just I didn't know anybody. I just, like, cold – Cold calling them. Yeah, I would do that a lot. and I. You got to try, right? Yeah, I didn't understand how it worked <laughs> at all. I just – I really didn't get it at first, but – uh, my first sponsor, like, a friend of a friend knew somebody from Signal Snowboards, and that was kind of, like, my first, very first foot in the door. And then I don't, I would just film stuff on GoPros with friends and, like, get in edits. I think that yeah, was kind of a dream. I'm trying to think of, like, when it actually started happening. Because then you moved to – so you were in Tahoe, and then – I was in Tahoe. I moved back to Montana, and then I moved to Colorado the next year. Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for making fun of you so much, Rada. <laughs> we, love, we actually love Colorado. I have the best we, time in Colorado. We, too. we love you, that. but we love – you're kind of our punching bag. Did yeah. you ever live in Colorado? <laughs> I did. I, sp- I spent a lot of time at Chato's house. <laughs> Heavy name drop. But uh, – Chato. <laughs> Chato, the king, no big deal. The king of just Colorado. <laughs> I mean, I was just hanging out with him, staying on his couch. <laughs> I enjoy my time in Rado, but I also enjoy having Rado be our punching bag. What's funny is how many people have, like, lived there and enjoyed it, and then we still just go back and <laughs> – they just keep roasting like I lived there all for six the time. Years. You can snowboard all year. It's sick. It's not that sick. <laughs> it's sick, but don't get carried away. The yeah. mountains. Are, I mean, I live in Utah for a yeah. reason. Once let's, you let's come to Utah, your eyes are a little bit opened up to what a nice mountain really yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. You know? Those are like East Coast mountains. A they kind bit. of are. They're like giant hills. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're like Park City. Just and the shit is cold yeah. as. It is cold True. as. Yeah. So you're in. Let's go. Let's go. Let's talk Rado talk. So you're in Rado, Rado talk. You moved to Rado. Steamboat moved is that you Rado. said? Rado. Um, I stopped in Steamboat. My one of my best friends, Mariah, lived in Steamboat, and then Did you give her an air horn. Yeah, she's awesome. Um, yeah, lived in Breckenridge. Um, I kind of bounced around a lot. Like I wouldn't stay in the same place for too long because I'd still like go to Hood, but that's another story. But Rado days were fun. A lot of park riding. That was kind of like the main focus. The parks, I will still stand by that, have the best parks. Honestly, mm-hmm. there's so much fun. I still would love to go ride Area 51 at Keystone. That place is really fun. Can't deny it. Um, trying to think what? You can ride fast, too, in Colorado. Oh, also, if you're... If you're oh, if they, you, slow pe- they slow you down there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, now they yellow do. I guess when I lived there, when yeah. I lived there, there weren't any yellow no, jackets. No, you ain't going yellow fast jackets and suck. <laughs> But really, you, they just you slow you down all over the mountain. You get pulled over. You it's like the freaking cops. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We watch people like outrun them, and that's actually hilarious. You like, get in like, big trouble, though, right? They pull your pass for the year. Yeah, you're done. 
Also, if you want to get good at park riding, though, like move to Colorado, dude. You go there and it is chuck fest. Two thousand nine, yeah. every single day, dude. People are just every chucking day. rope every single day. Yeah, <laughs> they really are. Yeah, so that's a good. That's a that's a great fucking place to hone your skills. So so you're in Rado now. Are you are you sponsored when you're in Rado yet? Not Signal. <clears throat> um, Signal came a little later. The first year I moved there, no sponsors. I can't. I think Signal came the year after, maybe. I'm just starting to dip my toes more into the industry. Like that came after and I really didn't have any sponsors after that. I think bonfire, I literally can't remember how I even connected with these people. What was your big break when you got your first sponsor? Um, I'd say the biggest break was getting on K2 because I was at a point where I was about to just quit snowboarding because I wasn't making any money at all. Like I was just strictly doing it for the love. And I'm like, this isn't making sense anymore. I need to figure out, I need to figure out something else. Cause like, I'm really sad to let this go, but I'm like, it's not working. And then K2 kind of reached out of the blue. I think pops set that one up. No with way. Tommy J. I think, yeah, That's give a scenario. I think, I think they were just looking for, to add more riders to their team and especially females. Um, so my name got thrown out and he was down and that was kind of like a big turning point. I wouldn't probably have a snowboard career without Tommy J and K2. That's awesome. That's for sure. Shout out to Tommy J. Yeah. Tommy J's the man. Okay. So I think we should talk about, uh, I guess it's kind of, I don't know if it's a touchy subject or not, but it's something that needs to be talked about, but I'm going to preface this with the fact that Buds and I are two dudes that have came through snowboarding as dudes. And the lens that we know snowboarding is, is through the lens of dudes. And I think the best way for dudes, I'm saying dudes a lot, I know, <laughs> for <laughs> whatever, uh, us idiots uh, to, to understand is by putting, you know, just in any situation, putting yourself in somebody else's shoes, you know. So it helps, it helps us understand. And um, I guess I'm curious from, from the lens of yourself, um, you know, what were the pros and cons coming up? as as a woman in snowboarding is do, do you feel as though you were granted the same opportunities you know what, what are the pros and cons kind of just like mesh them all together um that'll be the easiest way because like I don't want to like dog anybody necessarily because I don't think that's where we're at especially now in the industry I think there's been a lot of positive changes but coming up definitely people weren't looking to add females on their teams I think that was a big one. Like when I was searching for sponsors at first, it wasn't like, oh, like we should look into getting more females on the team, which now I think people are definitely paying attention more being like, we should get women on the team. We should definitely do this. But I definitely always speaking to the people in those places of power, I want them to really think about like what they're saying and how they're saying it instead of being like, oh, we need to get a woman on the team. Like, we need to build our women's team up and just really being considerate and not just adding it to add it to fill a space. But to check to, the box, per se. Yeah, to check the box. Like, being like, oh, I really believe in this person as a snowboarder. I don't just want them on the team because they're a woman. It's like, that's kind of the respect that we, I think, deserve, especially now. Like, we've always deserved it. We've always needed to own it, but now more than ever like women are out there killing it killing it and I think deserve equal respect and equal opportunities as the men which I can only speak on my own situation like I feel very fortunate with where I'm at right now I feel like the companies that support me are very welcoming and 
want to support me, not just because I'm a woman, but because uh, they like what I do on my snowboard. And I think people that aren't there right now in companies and heads of companies need to catch up to that. Like, definitely a big challenge to those people to, like, change your frame of thinking. Don't make it a need. Make it a want. Make it genuine. I think Jess really explained it well in her bomb hole, like, what it feels like being a woman on the industry. Like, sometimes you're not invited to, like, all those big trips that all the guys are on. Like, and it's not them trying to exclude you. They're just thinking about their their homies and their friends. Like, sometimes it's weird to throw, like, that feminine energy in. But knowing how important it actually is, like, to feel included. Because, like, that's really all it comes down to is, like, mm-hmm. women want to feel included because we work really hard. We do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Men also work really hard. Don't want to, like, bring down the other side at all. Like, everybody's working their butts off. Mm-hmm. For no pay, especially nowadays, but... That's a, that was very eloquently said. Mm. I love that. Uh, uh, one point I have and that uh, I think is... I just was thinking about, um, I, I guess, a take on this a little bit. But take... If you just... Because you're talking about... And as it pertains to men and women snowboarding together and being in crews and stuff, I was just randomly thinking about this. And uh, if you take... If you take, like, a group of 17-year-old dudes, right? And they're, they're hanging out, like... I, I think for, take it snowboarding or not like sometimes like kids in that age age group and stuff like they just don't know how to act around women they're just like they're, it's facts their, you know they're just like they oh well like sometimes some dudes are like mean to women to just because they're just like that's they're their way of like yet, flirting really. and they just don't know you know so I, and i don't even know where i'm going with this but i'm like you know the 17 year old boy is a fucking idiot you know <laughs> like that's just like that is one of the dumbest species on planet earth <laughs> no offense to any 17 year olds that are listening but i i will i mean i'm speaking for myself like i was <laughs> like, a compl- <laughs> i'm an idiot <laughs> you know and so like when i put myself in those shoes you just don't like you you're you're just with the boy all the time you don't want to act but i i do love that like dude don't be you don't need to, you don't need to act like that you no, you, like, you can invite the you can invite the women along and and you don't need to like get all weird around them but you know i think yeah, just, man some some kids are awkward at that age you know they, yeah, be yourself like tell the same jokes that you tell even if we're there because we can handle it we think it's funny like i swear you should hear how a girl's night goes like i'm sure it's even worse than what you guys have to say <laughs> yeah yeah, you know, it's interesting, too. You don't see young, like, we see the, we had Lick the Cat, we had Dustbox. There's never, like, a young female crew mm-hmm. like that, or females in those young crews. Yeah, they don't, yeah, it's just a, yeah, bunch, it's of, interesting. a bunch of dudes. Dude soup. It's a dude soup. Dude soup, dude soup. in <laughs> these young crews. I think the closest one was probably too hard, but. Oh, true. But not. They were more, like, just put together, Yeah, though, put right? together. Not, like, a really, like, Tight crew. friend group. Yeah, exactly. That actually all lived together and hung out and. <laughs> That'd be hectic. Oh my god! Where is that? Where is I that young I lived crew? with thirteen girls though one year at Hood, and that was mayhem. That Just was craziness. Mayhem. <laughs> yeah, but well, it was the, great. The funny thing is, too, is like dudes. You know, we get together. We talk, like you said. I love that. Such a great point. You know, you put a bunch of dudes together. We are idiots. We're talking about nasty shit and like making fun of each other. But like. Women, I you know, I hear Leon and her friends get together. It's like <laughs> you guys are talking about some some raunchy shit too. You know, like, why can't we all just do it together? You know, <laughs> I don't know. That's a great question. <laughs> it's a scary time out there in the yeah, world, yeah, though. True. So I don't know. Yeah, I, don't I don't know, know what's good or what's yeah. not good. We is good at just saying what's <laughs> yeah, ever on her Yeah, she also doesn't have much of a. I'm filter. like, damn, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> no filter, huh? that's awesome. 
All right, well, I think it's a great time to transition uh, before I get myself into hot water. Um, <laughs> let's get into um, name that video part. Here we go. Mm. Name That Video Part is presented by the Icon Pass. Now, if you're a snowboarder and you go snowboarding, you're going to want to pick up one of these bad Larrys, huh, buds? Yeah, if you don't have one of these, you're going to get left behind by your crew while they're out uh, checking out all the different destinations that you can use the Icon Pass Where at. can we use these things at? 45 destinations worldwide, five continents, nine countries, 15 states in the U.S. alone. You can get a lot of riding in. All over the world is this Icon Pass, and their their tagline is Own the Stoke. It's not Lease the Stoke. It's not Counterfeit the Stoke. It is Own It. So own the Icon Pass. Head on over to IconPass.com, uh, and you're going to get a great deal over there too, right? Yeah, and don't try to sublease the Stoke. I heard too. That'll no, get you in trouble. You don't you want to lease own it. the Stoke. $499 USD for adults. That's a phenomenal deal for the Icon Pass. Now, again... IconPass.com. We'll also have the link in the show notes uh, in the in the description if you're watching on YouTube. And you can pick yourself up one of those bad Larrys and have a great winter. We hope it's going to snow feet upon feet of snow. And get yourself an Icon Pass. All right, Melissa, this is big. This could be big for you. We're doing uh, Name That Video Part. Now, uh, confidence level 0 through 10. Not high, that's for sure. Probably... <laughs> Maybe a 1 to 0. 0.05. I'm really bad with, like, on the spot. All right. I like that. Stuff. Better than negative. Yeah, could not, be worse. not It could be worse. All right. Here That's we go. Low. Let's see how you do. That sounds like a Jess Camaro part. I could probably guess, just knowing you... Or it's or it's it's probably I'm gonna say it's Chris or Nirvana. Oh no, I know which one this is. I know which one this is. It's definitely Chris. He does like a cool like flip off these. I don't even know what they were like a pillar. I know the clip stack footy. Oof! Is there a flip off a pillar? I hope that uh, I'm not sure. That's unconfirmed. This is a bad thing. So she's not watching her significant. I am watching his parts. We might just cause a domestic dispute. Yeah, this could be. I swear, I know it's one of his. (laughs) At first, I was like, "You want the girls and the boys to hang? You're not even watching your boys' (laughs) parts." You're not even okay. interested in the, what he's no, doing. No, I know out it's there. one of his. I, <laughs> all right, don't throw me in the right, so, All right, I'll give you this. It's, late, one Chris, it's one of Chris's parts, and it's not a Think Think movie. Oh, snap. Wait, is it Susie Greenberg? Yes, it I is. Thought it was, I was like, that's too much of a meatball, though. It is, here it is. And this guy what? lobs we're, meatballs. We're gonna you give just got to realize that. It's a, a bomb participation hole award. <laughs> we'll, we'll count that as a W. She did get it. She needed a little coaching, but we'll give it to her. The, the button's on the top. I think that was an L. Oh, you're counting it as a loss. <laughs> Buds is giving you a loss. I'm giving you a kind of participation I'll award. I'll just give this to Chris as an apology. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I was like, I was like, I'm like, maybe it's a jet. No, I'm like, no, it's not Jess. I'm like, it's Chris's. It's Chris's. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, and that's actually not the it. easiest song in Greenberg. I that will one's say. not. Like, it wasn't the part. I recognize the beginning of it. Yeah. But I kind of th- there's a, there was an easier one that I probably could have given you, but that's uh, Chris Beresford and friends and in Susie Greenberg 270 and also sidebar, Melissa, the reason why I thought you'd get this is because she made a Susie Greenberg 270 the movie Spotify playlist. 
I did, but <laughs> I did. See, this is what I'm saying. I'm really bad on this spot. But also, songs. where can people find that? Because that's a dope thing. Um, Spotify? I think just on my Spotify. I think I just made it into a playlist. Where I did it when the movie came out. Because I was like aggressively always, li- not aggressively. I was always listening to like the robot food playlist. So I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I like this playlist. And Scott crushed it with the playlist. I thought it was really fun. The, the, sound, mix. the soundtrack's awesome. Yeah, there's a Lord of the Rings song in there, too, mm-hmm. I think. Lord of the Rings song. Yeah. yeah. It's That's got a great so soundtrack. Uh, okay, for part two of Name That Video Part, this is for the listeners. Um, basically, if you know what video part this is, comment on Melissa's photo on Instagram when this comes out. That's where we pick our winner. Uh, and you'll get a chance to win a prize pack. Now, um, little hint, we always, you know, this is a, this is a female video part. So, here we go. Okay, thank you guys for playing Name That Video Part. All right, we're going to talk to you guys quickly about Bub's Naturals. Now, we talked to you guys previously about the collagen protein powder, which I like to absolutely chug, and as does Jeremy Jones. Uh, We've mentioned it before, but... Jeremy Jones broke both of his legs in an avalanche, and he's had a very long road to recovery. A huge staple in his road to recovery is Bub's collagen proteins. Um, you know, we talk about it a lot, but as you get older, if you want to keep boarding, you want to keep staying fit, uh, you you, you got to take care of your body, and you got to get collagen in your system. It's, you know, how you, how you grow muscle, how you recover, all these things. I'm not a scientist, but I could be if I wanted to, and if I was a scientist... Uh, I would have probably created Bob's Naturals. Cause exactly. It's so and collagen's what keeps, it's a glue that keeps the body together, we exactly. like to say. They also have these little gems that gems. I've been chomping on. They are apple cider vinegar, vinegar gummies. It's almost like you're eating candy. Delicious. But it's great for your gut biome. I know that uh, Angie, it helped yeah. her stomach, right? My wife, yeah, she was, uh, after she'd eat, she'd get upset stomach. She would get kind of sick, started taking these every morning, and uh, no problems anymore. Incredible. So now we can speak from experience. Uh, Bubs is owned by some uh, lifelong boarders. They are members of the community. They're awesome. And it's got a great story. 10% goes to all charity. Uh, Bubs was a Navy SEAL that lost his life, you know, um, you know, helping others. So, you know, it, it's, a, it's a great company with a great cause. And if you want to pick up some Bubs, head on over to BubsNaturals.com. Use promo code BOMBHOLE to save 20%. Again, bubsnaturals.com promo code bombhole get yourself some bubs naturals we're going to get into a patreon question but first i would like to uh say thank you to a couple of the big dog supporters on our patreon we got michael gunderson john canner peter busk and trent dix thank you so much for your support air horns for the boys so we got a question for you from kp I'm wondering if you can speak a bit about how you have ended up, how you have ended up with such great people surrounding you, and how you're able to maintain friendships, well-being on the personal grind so hard with your snowboard career. That's great a, question. That's a really great question. Um, I don't know. I feel really lucky to have all the people that surround me in my life. I think it's just like we're all really rooting for each other, like genuinely rooting for each other. I think that's just how I've maintained. Good friendships, um, FaceTime, of course, communicating. That's a big one. Just staying in contact and 
that's probably like the big basis of it. Just like, I don't genuinely supporting each other's interests and staying in contact. I think that's like the best thing because you definitely can't do life without friends. You can't do snowboarding without friends. Like you need good people around you. Like Kelsey Boyer, Nirvana, Jenna, like Micah. I don't, there's so many people I could name right now. I'm like, I just feel so grateful for my circle of friends in general. Like they're all really great people. They all are really striving to like do their best in life. It's true. You can't get out there and and do snowboarding alone. And one, it's not as fun. Two, you just can't make it happen if you're trying to make a pro career. No, not at all. Like you actually get on the phone and FaceTime with the girls, huh? Yeah, for sure. That's I love tight. <laughs> yeah. I'm more of a texter these days. I just start FaceTiming more. FaceTime is fun. I hate texting. Yeah, because you actually get to see what's going on. Well, when we're well speaking of friends, let's get into a guest question from none other than Kelsey Boyer. But she has a I just gotta commend her with an incredible introduction of herself oh in this. God. Here we go. What's up, bombhole? KB on the mic, stoked that you guys have Melissa in the booth today. Hi, Mel. I am here with a guest question for you. What is one thing personally and professionally that you would like to accomplish before your life is over? Kind of deep, but such is life. Can't wait to hear this episode. Melissa, I'm your number one fan. Mad love to all of you. Cheers. KB on the mic. KB. KB is on the mic. <laughs> Love you, KB. Also, your audio was great. Did you record that in the closet? Because I know you're sitting in the closet with your <laughs> That iPhone. was really clean, good audio. <laughs> she might have went to like Lil Wayne's recording studio and yeah. got, she like, got a master. <laughs> she built these things. Yeah. and yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was crisp. Quality. That was crisp. Oh, my God. That is, I have so many goals before I die, that's for sure. I guess uh, we'll start with snowboarding. That'll be an easier one to answer. I still, I feel like I'm chasing that video part that I'm really proud of. I think, I don't know if that's always just a constant chase. Chasing the dragon, we call that. Yeah, I don't think. Does it exist? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> In the but, streets, it's called chasing the dragon. <laughs> but um, also, I just, I don't know, I want to start exploring more. I want to get in the mountains more. I really want to do just like a big big method into powder that's like kind of one of my big goals I know it's like I know it's attainable um I exploring more snowboarding getting out to Alaska has been a goal forever probably since I started snowboarding riding all those big mountains goal in life big always goal I guess that's on my mind is just spreading kindness to other people and like helping them be more kind in the world, just being more kindness in the world, I guess, is like an overarching goal as like a continual continuing goal of mine. Spread kindness. You want to yeah. release more to kind out into the world. <laughs> oh. more, <laughs> more kindness. Uh, I don't know. A lot of my goals I do keep quiet about until I can start actually doing them because I don't like talking about them before I do them. It's kind of my MO. When I start seeing them work, I like talking about them, but I don't really like talking about them until I... There's some action going yeah, on. I just smart. keep them kind of tight in my head. Yeah, that's smart. Being kind, though, is awesome. That's just a great, it's a great universal thing that more people should try to focus mm-hmm. on, right? Yeah, and it's uh, there's a difference with being kind and being nice. It's like I view kindness as being honest and having integrity, and also being nice is a part of it, but kindness is like telling people when they're fucking up, too. 
Mm, more genuine. I like that. Now, earlier, what you just mentioned was uh, you want to do a big old method into powder. Yeah, how, now, big, uh, how big are we talking? You're, you're, well, I was curious about your significant <laughs> other, and also, part B, how big. But um, your significant other, Chris Chris Beresford, great, dear friend of mine. Um, he an air horn. It's, uh, yeah, let's give him a Ooh. fucking, let's give him a super air horn. Yeah. There um, we go. So he might need that after, too. You didn't forget his, you know, a little brownie points after the video yeah. part debacle. So... What I'm curious about, if you watch Chris ride, his fundamentals, his board control, his grabs are fucking incredible. You know, he's an incredible snowboard. Now, um, in what way has, has, has that, has that impacted the way you ride at all? Totally. I've, um, I've definitely always have been up on my fundamentals. Like, um, I've always liked doing those little like fun butters, like that's kind of why we connected on a snowboard so quickly because we both did that kind of board control stuff. But I've definitely learned a ton from him, like learn how to like kind of tweak things a little better. He's like, Oh, this would be better if you like, I kind of tweak it like this. Like, and I'm like, Oh my God, he's just like opening up my eyes to all these tiny little tweaks that I can do. But I think we've both been drawn to the same kind of snowboarding as far as like board control. Like I love knowing how to maneuver my board and not just go straight down the hill. Mm-hmm. And that's also under, understanding your strong suits as a snowboarder is really important too because, you know, a lot of people are chasing the, the back 1080 or the back 270 to fakey, but the, there, there's the timeless tricks like you take a, a fucking good method or, you know, yourself, you're a great grabber, you know. You got a good stalefish, good Andy, good method. You know, you look at Chris, he's the same way. And and I'll take, I'll, I'll personally, I'd rather watch Chris Beresford doing double Indy poke, you know, over – a back ten, like he does unless it's so good, you know, and and that's that's a great that's a great skill set to have, you know. It's really cool to see that you guys have a have kind of a similar riding style. I was just curious how much, yeah. And then part B would be how big uh, how big of a method are yeah, we how talking? How big is this method gonna be? <laughs> I want to just go up. I want to go up in the air. I don't want to like. I'm not Straight as concerned up. about as out. I just want to go up. I want to go high up in the air. I just have this vision in my head. I'm like, this is gonna work. It's gonna be. I want it to be on like hip. Um, I just wanted to go more up than out. Like, I don't care about the distance as much. I just want to see like blue sky and mountaintops basically. Mm, love it. That's great. That's good. That sounds like a good photo, but let's go, uh, 15 feet on a hip. Mm-hmm. That sounds terrifying, but yeah, let's terrifying. go. <laughs> <laughs> Ferguson over there, Burgess was claiming like 29, 29 feet yeah, on that. Way. I don't know. Okay, another thing too that's cool, you know, talking about your goals, I think that's it's really interesting um, because I think you know, not maybe not giving yourself enough credit because I think you've you have a bunch of kind of a lot of layers to to you know facets to your career because right now, explain aside from snowboarding, you do other things for other brands, and I think that's really cool. You should talk about that. Yeah, um, so we'll start with K two for example. I help Tom with social media stuff. Basically, he writes the whole calendar. I'm just in charge of posting it at the moment. Like, I know it takes a lot of stress off of his plate, but there's other ways to make money in snowboarding than just being on the athlete side. Like, talk to your brands, find other ways to make it happen. Because if there's not budget as an athlete, there might be budget somewhere else. It's like how a company is actually structured. They only have X amount of dollars to divvy up per thing, if that makes sense. Like, per athlete, per marketing, like... But this budget's more from a different budget. So that's how he can make that happen and pay me more and, like, be more involved, take pressure off of him. And I would like to keep getting more involved with that, like, 
it'd be cool to like help him set the calendar just working on other skills outside of snowboarding too because I feel like it's scary to think about moving on like two careers after snowboarding when you've worked so hard at one thing like to be more faceted is super helpful and it gives you a lot of confidence like on and off the board like knowing that you can do more than just not just like I shouldn't say it like that but do do more than you thought you could and then what about Kodiak cakes Kodiak cakes yeah that's what I do all summer I am a production coordinator there it's basically doing the same thing as snowboarding but with pancakes (laughs) pancakes Um, nowhere yeah, basically pancake snowboarding. Um, I set up all the shoots for us. Like I find locations and models. Um, I'm a food stylist there too. And um, you style up the cakes. I style up the cakes you and style, make some pancakes. Make sure the butter looks just right on top That's of the pancake. That's got to be really important. A good looking flapjack. And the, yeah, the exactly. syrup consistency, I imagine. Is yeah, important. we use Miss Buttersworth. It just oh, stays. Oh, that yeah. shit hits. That it shit does. hits. It yeah. does. I'm from Vermont, so I don't want to hear <laughs> about like Buttersworth. You know uh, he's I mean? an elitist. Like, he's a maple like, syrup elitist. That's just like a pile of sugar. <laughs> yeah, it basically exactly. is, but it looks really good in the picture. It does, huh? Because it's just big old sugar i'm not exposing any dirty secrets there's no dirty secrets like it's all our yeah it's all these are dirty pancake (laughs) secrets that we're talking about we're getting some insider trading info here yeah no that's that's actually interesting yeah because the vermont maple syrup's a little more it's thin it comes from a tree so it'd be runnier so yeah you get that thick syrup that looks real good in the photo pro tip at the butter's worth but it's all real food i know like places do motor oil and we Definitely don't do that. What motor oil? Yeah, because it just like stays on top. Like, I oh, mean, you to have, style like, your food, you put yeah, motor oil. You only have like t- like ten to twenty minutes. Like after you pour the syrup on, the pancakes are done. Yeah, because the cakes are gonna be sucking yeah, up the cereal. Soggy who, and gross. Who eats the pancakes after? Sometimes we do, but we try and make as little as possible because there are there's some waste, unfortunately. Yeah, waste not want not, but you got to get the photos done. Exactly. That's awesome. I didn't know you did that. Yeah, it's fun. It's a really, I'm really grateful that they let me come back in the summer because I randomly got this internship last year and I loved it and it just was a really good fit. And I'm like, well, my priority in the winter is snowboarding. Like I just can't do both. Like I cannot do this because it's a pretty demanding job. I can't do both. It just doesn't, doesn't work. What's really cool about that narrative too, if you look at you know, everybody wants to be a pro a pro rider because it's just more glamorous. It's just, it's a little more sexy. But like, you know, that that's a great, there's a lot of great jobs in the industry that are behind the scenes that um, need to be, need to get done. And I think it's cool to, to just, you know, explore those and, and not, not just be like, well, you need to just pay me to be a rider. I'm going to, I'm going to add value in other ways. Yeah, totally. You can definitely find a lot of ways. You'd probably be surprised. Like if you just talk to like, be like, do you guys need help with like social, like internally? Can I help at events? Like there's definitely like if they're stretched thin, I know that in some areas, like your team manager works their butt off for you. <laughs> they work their butts off. That's for sure. Another thing too, I think a big part of it also just showing <laughs> up too. Cause if you, if you show up and you're like all intern for like not very much money at your company if you need any help. And then once you, that's a great way to get your foot in the door. Like you said, totally. you, you interned and then next year you come back, you got a job. So. Yeah, exactly. And they're letting me do the same thing this winter. Like, cause I'm like, well, um, if you find somebody full time, like of course hire them. Like, and they just, they couldn't find anybody. So they're like, do you want your job back? And they're like planning on having me back after the summer, but I'm really grateful that they let me do that. And it's a, it's just a great company to work for people who run it. People who own it, they're all amazing. So. 
They're yeah. blowing up too. Huh? I see them yeah. at Smith's now. Utah, yeah, they're everywhere. Utah they're, company. They're everywhere. Yeah, it started in Park City, and now they're kind of branching out more, like nationwide. Like I think Canada soon for all those. What Canadians. kind of what kind of products they got to give them a little plug? Yeah, why not? They're awesome. They do um, pancakes. I think is definitely their most popular. Obviously, um, they do like chewy bars, like crunchy bars. You can take them out backpacking and. Other things, these microwavable cups. Yep, they got the oatmeal. They got the oatmeal. Oh, the oatmeal. The oatmeal is really good. Mm-hmm. I really they gave like us some oatmeal. like cracker type of things in a bag oh, that were delicious. Those things the they're like graham, graham cracker, graham bear bites or yep. something. It's the adult graham crackers. Adult graham crackers. Those <laughs> I are don't good. even know if they're adult graham crackers, but they're good. They're really good. They're, they're really gone good. now. I'll tell you that. I'll have to get you some more. Uh, but you want to hit a Patreon? We have a Patreon question from Madison Blackley. Can you share a story about how you spent your Christmas in 2017? We're at Brighton on a POW day. I don't think your holiday ended very well. <laughs> no, it didn't. The <laughs> inside story she was we're there. about to get here. <laughs> she was there. God, I love Madison. Shout, big shouts Give to her Madison. another air horn. She's so great. I'm hyped. She's a Patreon member. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Quick, really quick big shout out to Madison. She's the first person that really took me out in the streets, especially in Salt Lake. She's just a fucking legend, for those that don't know her. She's great. She really is. Really big heart. Takes a lot of people out snowboarding. Like, gets them into the streets. She just really loves the shit of it. But I should answer your question now, because <laughs> I'm stalling. Tell us about Christmas 2017. Yeah, Christmas 2017. Wow. Sounds like a debacle. It does. It was a, a bit of debacle. a debacle. Um preface this um chris and her boyfriend went snowmobiling and so i was gonna meet up with madison at brighton like a resort day i wasn't feeling that great so i'm like let's keep it mellow you know early season in the trees like don't do anything stupid and we're in the trees and i'm on top of this little rollover thing it's just like one of those rocks in like the dirty trees like stupid rock and Madison's at the bottom. She just kind of like jumped off it and I didn't want to catch air. I'm like, oh, I'll just go off the side where it kind of rolls. And I'm like, how's it looking down there? And she's just like, oh, it looks fine. Like it's snowy. I'm like, okay, cool. And like, not her fault, not her fault at all. (laughs) There was a rock that was buried under the snow and uh, the nose of my board got stuck in the rock and I just ended up flipping onto my face onto another rock. No. (laughs) It was not good. It was not good. And all I could say is just, not okay, not okay. And those are the only words that could come out of my mouth. And I just see so much blood. And I'm like, this is not good. And she comes over and, like, I can literally just see, like, red down my face. My goggles are kind of off. And um, I knew there's a lot of blood. And I see her face. She's, like, freaking out. She's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I think I'm okay. And then uh, she's like, oh, my God, she was freaking out. And then I'm like, it's fine. It's a head wound. I'm like, head wounds bleed a lot. And I like went to go touch my forehead and I just see her face go like ghost white, completely white. I'm like, okay, we should go. We should go now. But I guess like she saw my skull and it was, it was so bad. You can kind of see it. So I have that like, scar right there. I just noticed that. Yeah. So I completely like when I hit the rock, I broke my nose really bad. And then my goggles pulling off my face, split my forehead all the way down to the bone. It was so bad. Wow. So I just like kind of, I had just stuck a snowball on my head and we rode down to ski patrol and I was just like, holy crap, like this is so bad. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm okay. I just like fell on my face on a rock, but 
Um, was this Christmas Day? This was on Christmas Day. Ooh, bit of a red Christmas. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> red Christmas. <laughs> I felt so bad. Like, so we finally get a hold of Chris, like, get him, like, we're going down to the ER, and, like, the whole time. I wasn't freaking out. I was actually really calm because I'm like, I can't believe I'm okay. Like, this is nuts. Like, I was, like, semi-concerned. I'm like, the scar is probably going to be gnarly, but I'm whatever. I'm okay. Like, my nose was super broken, though. I felt it looked like... Rocky Balboa's nose. Did they have to re-break it and stuff? Oh, God, yeah. So, Oof. yeah, I went to the ER, and my whole goal was just to kind of make them laugh. I'm like, they have to be here on Christmas because I'm a freaking idiot. Like, here we go. And, like, thank God. I was so happy to have Chris with me. He's just a saint. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so go in. I just remember, like, after I get the x-ray and everything, they finally give me, like, some good drugs to kind of numb up my face and everything. And just waiting, watching Elf really wasn't that bad it was just on percocet watching elf that was like, a great movie this is the worst day ever like this isn't the worst <laughs> christmas <I've had." laughs> uh, but i just remember the doctor we had a good like banter going in back and forth he was just like gonna try and make him laugh because i'm here on christmas like why not and he comes in and he's like so are you ready for the cocaine and i'm like I have never done cocaine. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> That's what he said. Yeah. In Utah? Just straight up. Yeah. I was like, apparently there's medical grade cocaine. And there is. I have heard that. Yeah. So when you break your and nose. it numbs your, shit, your stuff up. <laughs> yeah. They like literally have these swabs that they like soak in cocaine water or something. I don't know what they <laughs> do. Cocaine water? They like shit. put it okay. up like really far up your nose. Like it's uncomfortable. Like it's not fun. I'm like... So, yeah. did, so did you end up having like really long conversations till about six in the morning with the that like you solved all the world's little, problems? A little, little bit of a cocaine Christmas going on there. <laughs> I guess you, you ended up having a white Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's big with the puns today. Red Christmas, white Christmas. There you I go. went from red to white real quick. <laughs> real quick. I didn't know in Utah they were divvying out the cane at the. Uh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. The, uh, Medical grade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it was, yeah, it ended well. I got, like, plastic surgeon stitched on my face and, like, some pretty funny pictures and a pretty funny story. Like, all ended well. My nose is straighter than it was before. Like, you might see Bud's great break, gift. Might you might see Bud's trying to break his nose after this on purpose. <laughs> I heard uh, you guys no. got cocaine in here. No, so you're going to take these smelling salts. This is what you're going to do. You're going to run through a wall. <laughs> <laughs> and then go and uh, get my cane from the uh, Salt Lake Hospital. Okay. That's crazy. Learned about medical green and Madison saw your skull. Madison saw my skull. Okay. I want to kind of pivot now. Um, hot word there. So what I was wondering, too, is I know you had a, a, shat, a shattering injury to your knee, literally. Um, and I'm curious about, you know, just kind of if you want to briefly walk us through what happened. And then I'm more curious about the... The recovery from that knee injury and and maybe what came with that yeah um that was my first major injury um I was early season I didn't really kind of get myself physically ready for the season that's for sure I just like kept hammering out like so many long days in a row and I was doing this rail jam and I came off early on a rail long story short hit like the rail support like pretty dead on and I didn't think my kneecap was broken at first like I got pulled off to the side and like my kneecap I should have known was like the size of a grapefruit it was huge um and I'm like oh it's fine like I think it's fine like the medical person's like you need a lot more pain I'm like oh this is great news it's probably fine and then um 
I even drew like a picture of a little pig on it. I should probably send that to you because I thought, it, like, again, friends give you drugs and it makes it funny. Mm. It's not funny. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I got an x-ray and then um, had to get surgery. They put a plate and five screws in there and it's still in there. But, yeah, the recovery was really harsh. It was really harsh. Um, they give you any cocaine? <laughs> no cocaine oh. this time. <laughs> A lot of not Percocet, though. Just a lot of Percocet. Not Perky. <laughs> Perky. It's not a place you want to be, though. Definitely do not like taking prescription drugs. They're not fun. The new trend is people are not taking them. Mm-hmm. They're just saying no to these doctors. If I did it again, I don't think I would. I would probably just take extra strength Tylenol, honestly. Because I feel like you heal faster when you don't take drugs. That's for sure. That makes sense. Definitely. So so when you when you get hurt, at this point in your, in your career, you're kind of like, you haven't really made a lot of progress right and so what i'm curious is like you've been chasing this dream snowboarding you've been trying to fucking make it and then you shatter your kneecap and you, it's not like you're swimming in the fucking biscuits you could say um like what what was going through your head after you shattered your knee initially after i was heartbroken because i couldn't snowboard that was like my only concern i'm like when can i be back on my board but then like i had a lot of alone time at that point so i kind of just started diving back into myself and I realized that I just I really didn't like myself as a person basically and realized I kind of sucked at snowboarding I'm like I don't really deserve to have sponsors because like me at this point was looking around at all my peers and being like oh everybody's getting sponsors everybody's getting hooked up why am I not why am I not getting hooked up I'm good enough and like just honestly probably had a really bad attitude and then I just like, like I said, I had just spent so much time hanging out by myself. I realized that I just didn't like myself and I wanted to change. So that's when I started getting into yoga and like kind of diving into ways that I can change myself. And things that I admitted to myself was like, I realized I was a pretty jealous person, which is was a really hard thing to admit and a really hard pill to swallow for myself. And I'm like, I don't want to be this person. I feel like I make people uncomfortable. Like, I want to change how I come across to people. So I started reading books. Um, That was another one that kind of started changing my mindset a lot. Like um, the first um, sports psychology book I read was Mind Gym. That one's really awesome. It's Mm -hmm. kind of like a really great place to start for anybody who's looking to get into like Sports psychology uh, books. It's one of Chris's favorites. Yeah, we've talked about it on the show. There's two mind gyms if anybody Googles it. Yeah. And I believe it's called like the Athlete's Guide to Success or That's something. That's correct. Yeah. So just just to like preface that, keep going. Sorry. Oh, yeah. We'll pop it in the show notes too. Yeah, yeah, that one's awesome. But yeah, I just didn't like who I was and didn't like who I was becoming. So I decided right then and there that I was going to make a change. And that was kind of opened me up to like more healing. Life is... Life is crazy. Life is definitely just such kind of a journey to figure out and just like puzzle pieces to put together. Um, But that was a really big turning point, not only in like snowboarding, but in life. Started reading, started, yeah, started reading, started doing yoga. And I just like kind of recommitted to snowboarding and just like kind of made me love it more because I'm like, I kind of honed in what I wanted to actually do. And I made a plan. First time in my life I had actually made a plan, like, me before was just winging it the whole time. Um, I'm like, oh, I either want to pursue contest writing or I want to pursue filming. That's kind of like the two options that I saw. I'm like, just pick one and 
try and like think about it the next year and just the year after go for it with all your heart. It was kind of like my goal. But after breaking my kneecap, I definitely went into like some dark holes. That's for sure. And that was like healing some of that abuse trauma that I had experienced when I was younger. That was like one piece of it. Healing the injury, like first major injury, like that was a huge part, like not having family nearby, not having friends nearby. And I realized I just wanted to be a better person. That's basically the long and the short of it. That's great. And what I hear when you're saying that, you know, sometimes those, the, the worst things that happen to us can be the best. And if you, the pace of our life generally in this day and age, we're going, we're going, go, 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 you know? And, and when you, when you get injured, you got a lot of time to sit around and, and you can either f- crumble or, you know, use that time for some introspection. And it sounds like, you know, that could be one of the best things that happened to you is shattering your kneecap, you know, for, for that time, just to give you that time for introspection and stuff. You know? I would, I would definitely go as far to say it's definitely the best thing that's happened in my life. As of now, it, it was great for growing, uncomfortable, like we talked about before. I feel like personal growth is rarely comfortable, rarely, but just sitting through that discomfort and kind of growing through it makes you stronger. It's not fun at the time, not fun at all. <laughs> Little That's Michael Jackson, man in the mirror time going on and rethinking about life. Oh my God. <laughs> great reference, bud. This is a great reference. <laughs> Okay, I think this is a great time, buds, to crack some can. What did you just crack there? <sighs> Liquid death. Wow, Licky D? Licky D. Mountain water. Yeah, how is that thing going down? It's delicious. Ice cold like I like it, as you know. Death to plastic. Love that. Liquid death is a huge supporter of the show. Pat Moore works over there. He's an absolute leyunda, which is a Spanish for legend. And, yeah, they, they are a reason why we are able to make this happen. They're also a great way to get hydrated and look like you're chugging a beer. Liquid Death. Highly recommended. If you're interested in picking up some Liquid Death, head on over to liquiddeath.com slash bombhole. Again, liquiddeath.com slash bombhole. Uh, it shows us some love, and you get a couple of koozies. And then you're kind of looking dope rocking some, some Licky D's. Licky D's kind of got cool merch, too. Check out their merch. Yeah, their merch kind of smacks. And it's time for the Liquid Death, Spinning Wheel of Death. Welcome to the Liquid Death. Death, death, death. Spinning Wheel of Death. (laughs) Let's explain the process. You are going to spin the wheel. Give it a good spin, too. And uh, you can't see it, but I can see it. You're going to give it a good spin. Chris is going to hold it, and we will read what it lands on. Where will it go? Nobody knows. Oh, office chair race. Okay, this should be fun. We found a couple uh, straggler office chairs in the back, and we are going to set up basically a 40-yard dash in office chairs. This is basically like an episode of The Office right now, huh? <laughs> yes, this exactly. Is, this is real. With real-life office. How do you Let feel me. about that, Melissa? Going down. <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> competitive. I'm just kidding. I don't know. These pro snowboarders are so competitive with each <laughs> other. Three, two, one. Homie got second. Oh, I started spinning. <laughs> oh, good job. Homie got second. I got third. Oh, no. Good job, Holmes. Holmes. We 
Melissa, that was a pretty fantastic uh, race, I'd say. Uh, what happened out there? Why don't you tell the listeners? <laughs> I did bad. <laughs> Straight up. Uh, my chair spun and my hair went in front of my face and I'm like, I think I'm just going to fall right now. It's going to. We should have got her some goggles. Yeah. Homie, the dog got second. Yeah. <laughs> Holmes beat me. Is <laughs> a, a real, real battle royale. <laughs> All right, buds, let's go bomb hole of the week. And we're not talking about this podcast. What are we talking about? We're talking about Volcom Outerwear's patented ZipTech jacket to pant interface for when you create your bomb holes out there snowboarding. Now, Everyone who, bails, right? Yeah, absolutely. So who uses this uh, interface you're discussing? Marcus Cleveland, Mike Rav, Haley Langland, Jamie Lynn. Reed Smith. Reed Smith. Mike Rav, we say Mike Rav? Yeah. Pat Moore, Scott Blum. Gooch. Gooch Benny is, Milam. Gooch has been out there creating bomb holes for over three decades, absolutely. I want to say. Torgier Bergam, when he, when he goes with the switchback five method, he might get caught upside down. Yeah, and snow is, if you don't have this patented ZipTech technology... Connecting your jacket to your pants, you might get snow right up the jacket, down the pants. It's going to cause you to get wet. You're going to then freeze, and then what are you going to do? You're going to sit in the lodge, mm-hmm. and you're going to be bummed. Potentially hypothermia, too. Yeah. Your friends are going to be out there ripping. You're going to be in the lodge bummed, watching them rip from the window of the lodge. Don't do it. Get Volcom's patented ZipTech technology. It works in men's, women's, juniors. You can uh, connect an extra-large jacket to an extra-small pant for That's a, a interesting look. look. Yeah, it's yeah. a good look. Creative look, but either way, you're going to be dry. It's great. Absolutely. I always see Mike Grav out there kind of doing some progressive maneuvers. Yeah, this guy's know? rolling on the ground. He's got all kinds of hot moves in the park. It works in the park, too. Yeah, you know? it's going to keep you dry no matter what you're doing. It could be slush. It could be powder. Let's go. Stay dry. Okay, what do they got going on? I know they're doing a cool little giveaway, right? What you're going to want to do is post your favorite bales. It can be of you scorpion on a rail. It could be you creating a bomb hole into the powder. We don't care. We just want to see you rolling around in the snow. Hashtag Volcom Bomb Proof at the Bomb Hall at Volcom Snow. And uh, some of their riders are going to pick out their favorite bale. And then we're going to give you a prize pack from Volcom and the Bomb Hall. Absolutely. Again, hashtag Volcom Bomb Proof. Upload it onto Instagram and have yourself a great day. So I think we should kind of dive into a cool topic. Uh, Kelsey Boyer's names came up a couple times, and I know you and her. Um, you know, have started this thing, Save a Brain, and I want you to explain why, you, what it is, and, and just elaborate on Save a Brain. Yeah, um, Kelsey Boyer started Save a Brain. It's a nonprofit organization. We fully got 501c3 certified, so we are fully a nonprofit. Um, she's been doing a ton of that legwork, like making all that happen. We are trying to educate people on the effects of concussions and brain injuries, like the long-term things that happen after them. Like sometimes you have emotional issues after like anxiety and depression and um, trying to just educate people like how to care for their brain after and what could happen. Um, It's a really important topic. A lot of us, even if you don't get major concussions, even those tiny minor concussions can add up into something really big long-term. So what type of stuff specifically are you guys doing with Save a Brain? Um, currently, we are trying to have like a good presence online, social media to like kind of spread awareness that way. Um, most recently, we started doing in-person events. We just did one with Woodward. Um, 
We have pamphlets made by our board of doctors that are on with us, um, wrote out what a concussion is, um, signs and symptoms to look for, when to go to the emergency room, and we're working on getting more resources where people can go after they've sustained a brain injury. And like, um, say with Kelsey, she wasn't getting better after a brain injury. Like she had to get her brain drained. Basically she got brain surgery, had fluid drained out of her head and she didn't get much information after, um, except for like, don't hit your head again. That was kind of like the information they gave her, not a lot of concrete information after like how to heal it or what would happen, what to expect. Um, so she had to go search for it by herself basically. Um, that's what led her to create this because she couldn't find any resources. Like she ended up going to Cognitive FX down in Provo. It's a brain rehab center. Um, I think you went there too. Yeah, I've been there and, and you as well. You got a scan, didn't you? I got a scan. Um, yeah. I could not afford to go through with it all, but I did get therapy for my eyes for two or three months. I couldn't see straight. I like got a really, really bad concussion one year and I didn't realize how bad it was until the following summer. And I'm like, my vision just keeps getting worse. I was seeing everything double. Like I couldn't see straight basically. And I kind of hid that. I was like going through my season, just trying to like focus on a point and just, I didn't realize what was happening. I'm like, I can't see straight. Like I'm dehydrated. So I just kept drinking a lot of coffee and water and getting through it. And then I realized, and this is all because of Kelsey, why I realized it, that I needed to go get this checked out and like get eye therapy, which is crazy. Like do all these exercises for your eyeballs, which I didn't know was a thing. That's something that can happen after you've had a concussion, like your vision can change. And that was affecting my mood big time. Like I was super socially anxious. Like I hated being around crowds of people. It definitely like affected me more ways than I thought it could. Yeah, it's awesome information for people. Uh, we'll have a link in the show notes for Save a Brain. Uh, it's a really, really cool thing you guys are doing. And I think it's like snowboarders. If you're getting some, you're probably good chances. You're smacking your dome ski. And I think that, um, you know, I think a, there's a, I, I've talked about it on air, and there's so many people that reach out and are like, I think I have concussion symptoms. And, and a great place to start is reach out to Kelsey or Melissa over at Save a Brain, and they can kind of point you in the right direction. And, it's it's awesome for what you're doing instead of just you know for me it was a it was a full going I went to cognitive FX and it fully changed it changed my whole life health know? insurance doesn't help that some is there some that do no nothing, oh, nothing. it's ten grand um, to do their epic week I know everything like eventually our goal like when we start actually banking a lot of money is to like start sending people to treatment you actually too. save some brains here yeah. So we're starting with the education aspect. Um, We've been doing a program. We're almost running for a full year now called Happy Helmets. We get helmets from companies. They're amazing to donate them. And we find local nonprofits all around Salt Lake and give all those people helmets, like for kids and adults. Like we worked with Big Brothers, Big Sisters and Utah Adaptive. Um, It's been really cool to see, like make a positive impact in the community. Putting helmets on kids. Yeah, exactly. And adults. Yeah, it's like a big way to prevent concussions. There's no way to fully prevent them, but being safer. I started personally wearing a helmet after because of my brain injury because it's just really, really stuck to go through, and I just was over it. I'm like, I don't want to do this again. Like, this was brutal, like, in a lot of ways. It costs a lot of money. It costs a lot of, like, my mental sanity. It was just not a fun ride. So I'm like, 
it doesn't make a difference to me. Like some people think it affects their style. I don't, I don't think it does, honestly. It's crazy to me that insurance, there isn't a cheaper program. There's, there's nothing. It's just 10 grand or have a good, good time out there. No pharmaceuticals they can give you after. So that's probably why. (laughs) Yeah, probably. Honestly, there's like, (laughs) you break your arm, they give you physical therapy. Like, why wouldn't they give you that? For your it's a it's head, a it's you know? a, I think it's a, a couple decades behind in 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 that t- type of medicine as far as the and I don't know I mean I, I if we want to get in the weeds here I would just say our medical system is pretty broken so it doesn't surprise me in in the least but I, I'll tell I'll tell you this from from going and doing the you know the therapy sure it, it is a it is a astronomical amount of money it is it is huge you know uh, however you know if you do if you could afford it I I would say a lot of people even myself like. I might say, yeah, oh, I'll, I'll I'll put that money for a new truck. Sure, I'll 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 take that money and put. It, but you want me to spend it on my brain? What are you crazy? Like I'm not going to spend that on my. But really, when you nothing works without your brain, you know. So that's something to keep in mind. Like you can't do shit without your brain, and you might not realize how fucked up you are till you go get a brain scan, and that's what happened happened to me. And and there's there's not really a price you can put a, put on making progress from, you know, the, there's a lot of things that can come with concussions, depression, suicidal tendencies, and social anxiety, bad vision, you know, the, the list, depending on where you hit in your head, it's, it's endless. So, you know, they're, they're educating, you guys are educating people on, on all these types of things. And so it's really, it's, it's, it's really common is what we do. So yeah, it is super common. Like we're starting basing an action sports to start just cause it's what we know. Like we know people based in like biking and snowboarding and skiing and a little bit of skateboarding. Um, we just want people to take care of themselves, basically. Like, after you hit your head, like, we, it's going to happen. Like, basically, it's just going to happen. It comes with the territory. But we want people to con- be able to continue to do these. And, I mean, we've lost enough people to suicide that we just, like, it could be a piece of the puzzle. We're not saying it's the full piece of the puzzle, but, like, what if – part of this puzzle for mental health was you've gotten a lot of concussions and you need to like fix something in your brain. Like there's something off in there that you need to fix. Melissa, can you tell us um, where we can look up the site? Maybe people are down to donate or maybe they just want to learn more about the cause and maybe they have an injury and they just want to read what you guys have, all the information, Instagram, website. Yeah. Our website is um, saveabraininc.com. Um, our Instagram is just save a brain. Um, we have a resources tab there. Um, it's um, our concussion curriculum. Um, it's made by our board of doctors, so we got all certified through there. Like signs and symptoms to look out for um, when you should go to the emergency room. Like, but this is just a guideline. Like always, 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 we highly recommend consulting with a doctor because obviously we're not doctors. Um, but we know doctors. But we know doctors. But well, yeah, we, we could be if we wanted to. We could be. <laughs> we could. Be. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I was always told too. You get a concussion, you don't want to go right to sleep. There's there's a lot of protocols if you have a gnarly one. Uh, so. Now different. they're changing. Yeah, they're changing. Are they changing it. them? Yeah, new so they want you to go right to sleep now, or they want you to rest, or they want you to go to the doctor. Um, it just depends on like the severity, like what the person's acting like. Um, if they feel like they're acting fairly normal, no like slurred speech or anything. They're usually fine just to go to bed and like rest. You don't have to wake them up. Mm. Um, but if you see like a heavy decline, if they have like a really, really bad headache to the point where they're throwing up, they're not making sense. Like you should definitely take them to the ER. Cause Kelsey, that's what happened with Kelsey. Like she had bleeding in her brain and our friend Micah 
took her and thank God she took her because she definitely would have died if wow. she if didn't, she take didn't her. get brought in. 100%. Can you donate on the website? Yep, there's a donate button. Um, if you want to donate, we definitely appreciate any of the help we can get. Then we can just keep doing more. So we're going to be at Do Tour this year. We're going to be getting more involved with the community. It's going to be really exciting. And what about if you're a kid that wants to get a helmet and you can't afford one? Do they contact you or they got to be a part of a group? Or No, um, I'd say just reach out. We can try and make it happen the best we can. Sick. We'll reach out to brands. Like, we haven't done that yet, but I'm not saying it's out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. There's so many programs we want to set up still, and that is definitely one where people can just apply to get a brand new helmet. That's cool. Uh, one thing that's really cool we got for this to try to, you know, contribute to Save a Brain, uh, Melissa has some signed prints of her doing a nose blunt shot by uh, Stony Buds, or recent, recently we've been calling them Scony Buds because uh, you've been chewing on a scone. Scone. Scony Buds. Scony Buds photo. And, um, yeah, so you, you can basically head on over to uh, basically bombhole.com, buy a print. All proceeds of the prints will go to Save a Brain. So you're getting a print and you're you're donating to a good cause. Um, yeah, head on over to bombhole.com. Awesome. Definitely appreciate that. We are going to talk to you guys about pub beer. Instead of talk, we're just going to act. Wow, love that. You know, it looks like it's going down pretty smooth, oh, bud. It's delicious. Not only is it smooth going down, it's also smooth on the wallet because it's cheap, fun beer. It is. It's uh, very drinkable. How many how many bad boys do you think you could put down? <laughs> Personally? Yeah. I mean, in my heyday or now? Uh, let's just say hey, heyday, hypothetically. Heyday. Hey How many do you think you 18-pack easy. Wow. Turn an 18-pack into a zero-pack no of beer. No problem. If I'm at sea level, probably even more, you know? You can like put that altitude working for me, you know? Maybe 22? Probably 22. Deuce-deuce. A little deuce-deuce. Wow. So if you want to put down 22 pub beers and support the show, uh, pick them up at your local beverage center that carries them. And with that, we're going to get into... The pub beer crapshoot. Here we go. Welcome to the pub beer crapshoot. All right, I feel good about this one. I do too. It's so, going to be a good roll. Um, tell them, tell them the the sixes. So uh, we got the Goon Gear dice, and the logo, the Goon Gear logo that you see is a six. You're going to roll two dice, and we are going to. Uh, Read what you hit, the number you hit, is uh, something you're going to have to answer a question or or do something. Huh? No, it's just you question, could actually, question You based. could potentially win a $100 pub beer check. Oh, that's well. true. You could win $100. So. Okay. All right. Give it, roll a, both. give it a roll. Yeah, roll them yep, both. Both dice. Ten. Looks like we got a ten. Wow. Wow, okay. we have not hit one of those yet. We, we've never rolled a ten. This is exciting. Perfect ten. What's your br- biggest prize check you've won? Like an oversized check. I've never gotten an oversized check. Well, that's check. good news. If, you've n- if they've never won a check, we are going to give you $100 from Pub Beer. So, uh, Didn't know you are going to be getting paid today, wow. did you? Yeah. She's making some bisque today. Making bisque. Gotta love that. Come on here, make some bisque. Love it. So you're going to get a $100 check courtesy of our friends over at Pub Beer. Wow, thanks, guys. What are you going to spend that on? I don't know. I feel like I should do something fun with it. I'm like, I'm going to put it in my savings because I'm an adult. But I should actually like, <laughs> I should actually have fun with it. I don't know. What should I spend it on? Do something fun. You could go. I'm going to go Instagram poll. Oh, there you go. Oh yeah, That's do a poll. Dope. Do a poll. That's a good. Let the let the people call it. Okay. <laughs> I, I think now, uh, speaking of uh, friends that we were not speaking of at all, but we'll get into it anyway. We have another guest question from one of your dear friends. 
Here we go. It's from Nirvana Hortoness. What's the story behind the Red Kink Rail in Minnesota and your take on the history of guys versus ladies hitting spots? Great question, Nerf. Let's give her an air horn. That was a great, great question. Um, the Red Kink Rail, that's like, that's a really long one I hit in my part last year. That was a scary rail. Let's preface that. That was a really scary rail. It had like all these little gaps in between so it wasn't like you were hitting like a new rail every time you hit the flat and down um I don't know I know that it's been done before like I know it's been done by guys before but I thought it was a huge personal accomplishment doing that rail regardless of a guy had done it before I don't know I like I really like to keep tricks like I don't want to divide it between like oh if a guy did it like like it's okay for you to do I don't always want to live by those rules because I'm like I think we should hold ourselves to a high standard as female snowboarders um but with that being said I still think that was like a big accomplishment because it was a big rail that no woman had hit yet Mm -hmm. I think that's a great point like you know what she's referring to is ABDs already been done switch in the streets you know if you somebody somebody backlips a kink a couple of years before and you go backlip it it's a, a dude you know in in the dude's world a lot of times you're going to catch some flack for that but i think it's fucking it, it's a different it's a different it's different you know like you women's first double cork versus you know it, it's still it's not like an abd if if no woman's done it before you know in my opinion yeah i, I like to keep like I don't always want to play it that way being like oh like no girl has done it before no like female has done it before I like to keep it like thinking of what guys have done also not just being like oh well a guy's done it's fine I can do it I want to keep that high standard for myself personally but with that particular rail I really think it was like just a cool accomplishment regardless if somebody had done it before or not Mm -hmm. and I know Hale, he put it on his Instagram, and I'm like, I wasn't in a video part. I was kind of going back and forth with, like, Ted Nirvana. I'm like, is this, like, is this whack if I do it? Like, because I really want to. And they're like, do it. Like, who cares? And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Who cares? Like, I mean, I care about snowboarding and integrity, but as far as personal accomplishment, that one was huge. That one was huge for me. That's a banger. Let's talk about a couple other bangers of my favorite clips. Uh, the, the switchback tail in your veer part. Um First of all, how the hell did you get so damn good at switchback tails? I don't know. I like, I was trying switchback 50s one day and it was kind of coming easy. So I'm like, what if I did a switchback tail? And it just kind of, the trick just kind of made sense. I didn't do it all the time, but it was one of those weird tricks for me that just clicked. And I'm like, I like this. It's terrifying, but I like this. That was a huge accomplishment. I did it. Oh, I'm so I'm still like, no, I could have done it just like a little bit better. And I was trying to 270 out, which I got it, but I spun out early. I'm still like, that's one of those tricks. And I'm like, I really want to go back and do that even better. It's chasing the dragon. She's still chasing the dragon. Still chasing <laughs> the when dragon. When will it stop? <laughs> that's good. You always want to be chasing yeah. the dragon. Another one, one other trick too uh, that I'm fascinated with you, that I've never been able to do you have the really good eggplants where you put your front hand down and make egg or eggplants, depending on which ones you do. But 
I can't, I forget which one it is, if it's eggplant or McEgg. I think, I usually do a lot of McEggs because I keep spinning it through. Yep. But mm-hmm. I, I haven't actually done a proper just eggplant because I back know that's... Back to regular? Yeah, yeah back that's to regular. really hard. Yeah. There's a few people I've watched, like, Reed do a really good one and Cole Navin do a really good one. Like, Bridges can do this. Bridges, yeah, Bridges can do a good one too. Um, that trick is just really fun. That's, like, another... I feel like I learned a lot of stuff backwards. And that's, like... I just kind of follow what seems to make sense in my head and I just do it without too much thought. I'm like, this seems right. I'm just going to put my hand down. <laughs> That's killer. So, you know, as far as, you know, you, women coming up in, in the snowboarding um, space, I, I'm personally curious, do you have any advice for, for younger women or just women trying to trying to pursue the thing and make it happen? Yeah. Um, biggest one is just ask questions. Find some mentors in your life. Um, I wish I had done that sooner. Um, don't be afraid to ask people questions like, what do I do here? Because you're not going to look stupid. You're not going to look stupid at all. People are more than happy to give you advice. I'd say especially like with how our whole snowboarding industry is now, like people are really down to share. Like the pie, I feel like we're trying to expand it. Everybody's in the same boat. So we're trying to expand it. So yeah, ask ask questions for People have been before you. I think that's a big one. Don't be afraid to do that. Don't be afraid to look stupid. Don't be afraid to try tricks that you might not land or you might look really weird trying at first because you are you can't do it right away. Just stick with it. Try. That's great advice. Yeah, everybody's got to go through it. Everybody's got to learn. Always, yeah. Should we transition to some hot takes, bud? Oh, yeah, it's definitely some All hot, right. hot takes. All right, here take we time. go. First question, Michael Jordan of snowboarding, or greatest of all time, or however you want to, however you want to take that, both male and female. Who you got? For me personally, um, for guys, I think David Benedict. I think he was one of those people that was just ahead of his time, and had he really kept going on that track, I think he would have just blown people away. Like he already blew me away growing up because he always was constantly innovating. I don't think we've heard that one. I, yeah, like I haven't heard Benedict that in here yet. Um, for women, that is literally impossible because I look up to so many women in our industry. Probably Jess Kamira, honestly. She is kind of the GOAT. She really is. She does big tricks in the streets. She does big tricks in the backcountry. She's just like a force to be reckoned with. She's sick. She's dope. Great answer. Uh, next question is dream session with three people, or if you if you could have one dream session with three people, who would it be? Probably just my best friends, Chris, my boyfriend. I love him. I love snowboarding with him, and Nirvana and Kelsey. Honestly, I love snowboarding with my friends. That's like nothing could beat that. Solid answer. Worst trend in snowboarding: making fun of people that are trying to learn. I think that's a worse trend in snowboarding. The more snowboarders we have, the better for our industry. Like, it's fine to have your opinions, but if somebody's trying something and you're making fun of them relentlessly in a mean way, like, we don't need that shit. Favorite person to party with? I don't party as much as I did (laughs) back in the day. Hypothetically, if you're like, today, I'm going to fucking party. I am going to go party. Who are you partying with? Let's go. I know one person I would like to party with that I haven't partied with, Marie France Roy, because I've heard she's just a freaking legend. 
That's a solid Heard answer. That too. That's a solid answer. I love that. I think you're you fucking nailed it on that. Um, all right, that's that kind of wraps up uh, hot takes. I think we kind of we blaze through it. Now uh, a lot of our our listeners love hearing about setups and board setups and what what do you ride in these days and what do you do to your board? You know, what's your setup like? Um, I've been kind of playing around with different boards. Like I'm trying to get more into some backcountry stuff, but. Right now, I really love the K2 Limelight. I think that's one of my favorite boards. I'm kind of between the K2 Limelight and the Spellcaster. They're both solid, solid boards. But I like taking all of my effective edge off because I'm a freak, and I love buttering, and I feel like I catch my edge if I don't. You go dull doggers. I go dull. But I keep, like, the like all the contact points are just dulled out, but everything else, I just do an upward bevel. I hate, I hate them fresh out of the box. I wish I could, but I just can't. <laughs> Love that. And what about what bindings are you rocking? Um, I have the K2 Meridian. Really like those. Like nice medium flex binding. It's not like anything too stiff or too soft. Like holds up when you need it to. And you rock K2 boots as well? Yep. Love their boots, honestly. I think they're kind of a quiet killer when it comes to boots. Um, I like boa. I like the double boa. I've tried laces. I can't do laces. And then you're rocking O'Neal outerwear? Yep. Yep, all the O'Neill stuff. Really love all their outerwear. Good styles. Now, aside from beveling your edges, do you go uh, forward lean or do you go flat high backs? Do you know your setup for that? I usually kind of go more flat. I don't do too much forward lean. Kind of just like, I don't know. I should try and mess around with it, though. I think this year might be a fun year to toy around with it, especially more backcountry stuff. All right, Melissa, it's been a hell of a chat with you so far. Before we wrap it up, do you want to say thank you to anybody? Yeah, definitely. Um, first off, I want to thank Chris, my boyfriend. He is just so awesome and has inspired me in so many ways in life and snowboarding. Very, very grateful to have him. Um, all my friends, there's so many people I didn't mention in this episode, and I'm sorry, there's just it's hard to think of everybody, but I love all of you guys they so much. They know who they are. Yeah. yeah. I know who they are. <laughs> love all you guys. You're all incredible. Couldn't make it in life. Couldn't make it in snowboarding without you. Um, all the people who support me, sponsors, K2, O'Neill, um, I guess Backcountry Access, Ding, um, Crab Grab, Yakima. Um, yeah, thank you guys. Killer. Well, we want to say thank you for coming on the show and being so damn ins- inspirational. Mm-hmm. You know, you fucking honest, inspirational, awesome conversation, and um, I think you're going to help a lot of people out. And and uh, really, really enjoyed that. So thank you so much, Melissa, and thank you guys for listening each and every week. Every Patreon member, every sponsor, anybody that has bought some of our uh, ridiculous merch. Thank you guys. So uh, we will have another episode coming for you next Wednesday. Thanks again, and over and out from the bomb hole. Okay, hope you guys really enjoyed that Melissa Rotano episode. I know I did. Me and Buds had a blast chatting with her. Before we get out of here, don't forget to head on over to bombhole.com, buy some Melissa Rotano signed prints, because all proceeds go to Save a Brain. You're supporting a good cause. On our website, you can also find a link to our Patreon which is a huge, huge support for us to be able to do this show and work on it full time. 
Another thing that we have on there is new corduroy hats, new beanies. We got some new sweatshirts that are going to be great for winter. So um, again, head on over to bombhole.com and hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Thank you.